You're listening to a Shockcast original. Shock. All right, welcome back to another episode of That 20 Show, where I will be talking to celebrity guests about the things that they went through when they were either in their 20s or they are currently going through when they are currently in their 20s right now. Because, you know, at the end of the day, whether or not you are a celebrity or a non-celebrity, <laughs> we all go through this exact same things, you know, just at different parts of our lives. And in this episode, I've got a man that is honestly... I would say he needs no introduction. This guy has been on radio for the longest time. He does TV as well. Um, he has the best British accent that I can never ever do. It is the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> It is the one and only Adam C. Everybody. Hi, buddy. You okay? I am good. I am good. Adam, how are you doing? I'm good. It's it's quite an apt conversation to have. I was just watching some clips. I don't know if you know. Uh, well, I'm sure you're aware who Brad Pitt is. He's doing uh-huh. some. Home renovation thing, and it was oh nice to see him in a completely different light. Like just Brad Pitt talking, shooting, shooting the breeze with some guys. It was nice. You're right. You're right. You know, I think this MCO it has it has shown us a lot of different sides from celebrities. You know, big time stars, all these A-listers out there. I've yeah. even seen John Krasinski's show as something good. I forgot what is it called? SGL. Um, some good news. Some good news. Yeah. Yeah. Some, some good, good news. news. Yeah. Yeah. I yep. bloody love yep. the content. So, okay, the thing about Adam, right? He is like I said, he needs no introduction. Like, if I just say Adam C, they know who he is. I don't have to specify what show is he currently doing and whatsoever. <laughs> But it's a bit difficult to find your age online, you know, Adam. So, can you please lay it out there? How old are you? Uh, I share the same birthday as Callista, but we are born in separate years. Okay. Uh, she is a year younger or two years younger than me, but January thirteenth, eighty-five. So I'm thirty-five now. You are thirty-five. Okay, yes. that means it's only been about f- it's been five years since you got out of that twenty zone, that decade. Yeah, yeah, five years, five years, and just a little bit because it's still only uh, April now. Right, recording. Okay, so hmm, let's backtrack to that decade. I don't know if it was hell. I was a fantastic 10 year for you because you know some people 20s is the year to just constantly make mistakes and you're just like oh crap you know I hate life so much and then when you when you <laughs> beyond that you're like oh my god life is actually great like life begins when you're 30 onwards you know but what about Adam C how was your 20s Uh I don't know I've been thinking a lot recently like probably the best times in your life really are before the 20s it's actually when you're in school you're a teenager you're always with your friends those Uh, awesome times and as yeah. you get older you do find yourself reflecting back onto it and I don't get to see my friends very often because I didn't go to school here I went to school mm. in the UK so I was at boarding school from the age of eight so I liked it because I like boarding school I like being alone I've always been very independent maybe because of that uh, mm. kind of an only child I've got some step siblings as well who are mm. much much older than me so I felt like I've always just kind of tended to my own devices but The 20s were good as well, if you look back on it. But I wouldn't say I knew exactly what I was doing. I wasn't sure what path I was going to take because I was supposed to go back to uni. Came back here when I was 18, so just before my 20s. And I found myself on 8TV by chance. And then I found myself in some radio stations by chance again. And I just sort of stayed in it. But I wasn't right. sure where I was going, what my career path was going to be. I guess that was my biggest concern, what I was wow. going to be doing. 
Really? I'm actually surprised though because I thought looking at your career path from when you started, it looks very consistent. Radio, TV, events, three voiceovers. I was doing it, but what's the long-term vision? That was the question. Right. Like you can live in the now and live in the moment and job offers will come and opportunities yeah. will come and you can do all of that. But what's the grand scheme of things? I, I don't want right. to be doing in, well, I don't want to be introducing like, you know, Ariana Grande and all of that for the rest of my life. Agreed. That's what I, I feel as well. Being, yeah. But I mean, there are people who, who can do it. Like, I don't even remember Rick Dees. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So he's now retired pretty much. But when he was doing uh, Rick Dees in the weekly top 40, he was yeah. like in his 50s and 60s. Oh my but God, I can't even remember the, I can't remember the song. Rick Dees in the weekly top 40. Yes, that's the one. Exactly. <laughs> it's so ingrained. Everybody knew who Rick Dees was. Yeah, and yeah. Anybody at a certain age and above would know Rick Dees. And but the thing is, he was so convincing. Yeah. So there is a possibility, like, if you wanted to, as long as you can make everyone believe it, then, yeah, why not? But I didn't want that myself, personally. Right. And I wasn't sure where I was going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what was the one thing you actually wanted, like, prior to radio and everything? Because you said it was totally unplanned, right? Yeah. So, again, I'm going to cut to Jess before my 20s. It was... Euro 2004, so every four years, there was supposed to be one this year as well. They mm-hmm. have a tournament, uh, all the European nations compete. It's yeah. like the World Cup, but just for Europe, mm-hmm. and you have to qualify for it. And that year, Greece won it, and the station I was working on had the rights to air some matches, not all the games. Right. Yeah, I was 19, and I did the Quickie, which was another show. So we were doing the lead-in to the pre-match show. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. And it was different because we did mm-hmm. it in a pub and it was broadcast on TV. And I was with Marion Conter. So we mm-hmm. were doing that. And then we would lead into the other hosts. And I was like, wow, this is really cool because I love football. So I feel yeah. I could talk about it. But I was far too young to really do anything. But yeah. the guys who produced that, an independent company, remembered me. So they brought me in. I think it was for Euro 2008. So I did mm-hmm. some studio stuff there. But I was just the side host. The main host was a guy called Jen from mm. uh, Disney Channel a long time ago. Okay. Um, and Mar- Malaysian Idol as well. Mm-hmm. So he's in Singapore now. So I was just kind of his sidekick. And it was a very casual show. Like we didn't wear suits or anything. But again, I enjoyed it. And then people started asking me to do a bit of football here, a bit of football there, uh. all during my 20s. And I remember the first time I think people really realized I liked football. I was doing some commercials for hits, some promos. Mm. So what we do is, you know, if a client pays or we're advertising something, we record the promo for people that don't know. And Arsenal came down and said, oh, you should do it because you're perfect because you like football. Then yeah. I was like, okay. So I wrote some scripts and I did some, I had some fun uh, with the names, etc. Can't remember exactly who it was. But uh, then I thought, you know, this is something I really like, but how do I yeah. get into it? Yeah. And then that slowly really, and then, the transition happened, huh? The transition happened. I got asked to audition for one show. I was doing two TV shows and hits at one point, which was really tiring. Oh my God. Uh, one was a gadget show. Another one, I auditioned uh, for ESPN. At the okay. Time. And if you know JD from now, he's on Light. Ah, uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Breakfast on Light. Yeah, yeah. So JD and I went in. I'd never met him before. I didn't know him. But uh-huh. we went into audition and they liked our chemistry the best. Nice. And we got given the show. So it was a regional show. Football right. crazy. Uh, it was being revamped. It had been around I for a while. I think I know that show. I think I watched it when I was a kid. Oh my God. Yeah. There have been di- different illustrations of it. So it yeah. was, used to be in a studio and shot out of Singapore with a different crew. 
and right. then with us. So we brought it back and we did it. And then they wanted me to stay on at ESPN and JD did, mm-hmm. but I joined Supersport. And that's when I started charting what I really wanted to do. This would have been 2011. So I was still in my 20s. I was about 26 at the time. Yeah. Okay, late 20s, that was when you started seeing things clearer, you know, your direction. Yeah, yeah. So when you start understanding things as well, like yeah. people having rights to broadcast these matches, yeah. then you start piecing things together. I think before that, you're just like, oh, wow, I can do this. All right, let's just jump into it. But mm-hmm. as cool as it would have been to stay at ESPN because of that yeah. name, I thought, you know what? I can build a better future, I felt, with Astro Supersport. Uh, I really liked the team. Uh, it was in Malaysia, and I haven't looked back since. That was now nine years ago, and it really is a great team that's grown from strength to strength. Right, right, right. And you did mention this now. You said like, okay, so basically you had an offer from ESPN, but you still preferred to go with Astro Super Sport because of the team and because perhaps the dynamic was better. So you yeah, it was a young, that. yeah, it was a young team, a fresh team. Uh, quite a few of them actually came from ESPN, so they had. Mm-hmm the background, the knowledge on how to do uh, and conduct sports content and direct and produce, etc. So that was really good. So that, whatever happened to you back then, I think some of the young adults now can also relate to that because sometimes it's like, they get a good offer, but at the same time, they yeah. kind of prefer being in perhaps a company that they're already in. They, they feel like, oh my yeah. God, the chemistry is there. They, they, the colleagues are great and, and they love their job. So that contemplation definitely happens. So did you yeah. ever go through that moment of like, oh crap, this is hard, man. I mean, ESPM is a big deal. Who doesn't want to work there? But at the same time, as just with sport, you know, I just love being here as well. Did you ever have that one moment of just like sitting down and thinking about it? Um, I had to work hard at it. Everyone thought that I just sort of like felt like a natural fit because I've been, when I started on Supersport, I already been doing it for one, two, seven, eight years hosting. Ooh, wow. Lots of radio experience. So that's live experience, which is crucial. No scripts yeah. as well. So on Astro Supersport, like the matches, there are no scripts. It's mm-hmm. just like your own mind, your own tongue, your own thoughts, uh, your own voice. But yeah. I did this, this is competition called the Copa America. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it was a 2011 Copa America. Was it 2011? Yeah, it should be. So this is just for South American teams. Okay. Uh, it's like the Euro, like the World Cup, but only for South America. So Brazil, Argentina, Colombia, and all of that. And I had never done a match, a serious match, where I had to wear the suit. And I just joined Supersport, literally just joined. I was right. doing um, football overload mainly, and I hadn't even started that. So they threw me in and did a match because they knew I wanted to do it. And I was bad. I was really... Not good. It was terrible. But I had no guidance at that point. So right. there was one guy. He's sort of like former like EP of Arena uh, consultant. Very knowledgeable mm-hmm. though. From England. So he's been in Malaysia for a long time in Singapore. And he said, I'll never make it. He said so it to you? Like, All right. Yeah. He said, oh, I don't think you're good enough. I don't think you'll make it. I said, fair enough. And I said, well, I don't have any guidance. So why don't you... Give me some tips. So Des, for a very long time, either via message, I think this is before WhatsApp, maybe WhatsApp, I can't remember, but he mm-hmm. sent me a message or emails and I just applied what he told me. And there were a few of us all trying to compete to try to get more, more matches because there was the main host, which was Jason, who was also yeah. the EP. And he was giving us opportunities. So I was in the late game on a Saturday only, just one game a week. And we'd use that time to really own my craft and try to get better. And this was all during my 20s. And when he said that to you, when he said, I don't think you ever make it, did that, would you say that's also somewhat a contributing factor to where you are right now? Uh, yeah, definitely. Without 
without that, I don't think I'll be where I am right now. I mean, it's very easy to rest in your laurels and say, oh, I posted a live match. I've done this, I've yeah, done that. Yeah, but yeah. I think it's hard work. Obviously, I think you have to have some form of talent. And yeah. Hard work trumps talent. But yeah. a combination of the two is unstoppable. Did you ever encounter a burnout at some point of your career, especially when you were so young and you were seeing your friends who were in your age group, you know, part, I don't know if they were, they were partying or they were also hustling at the same time. But, you know, I feel like in, in my case, I am seeing a lot of people my age. I'm only 23 now and they're still in college and they are enjoying their life or, or perhaps they might be portraying as if they are online. And that can sometimes make me feel like, oh man, if only I didn't have started my career this early, I would have been able to enjoy life a little longer. Do you ever have that before? Mm, no, because I didn't grow up in that era of uh, social media. Shit, you just said that, that you're ah. seeing... You're seeing all your friends post this and post that. But yeah. when I was seeing my friends, it would be I kept the same close group of friends for many, many, many years. So right. it's the same guys. Major uh, killer is this Malaysia, one, huh? anyway. Major killer is Yeah, the phone. the phone. Screw it. Yeah, so I think <laughs> the iPhone came out in what? I think it was 2007, something like that. Right. So I was already 22 at that point and mm -hmm. Instagram wasn't a thing yet. So it That's was just right. basic apps. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there was Facebook. I got on Facebook very early, but only because it was big in the UK before Malaysia. So I see. growing up in England, uh, a lot of my friends were on Facebook already. So I got onto it early doors, but no one in Malaysia was on it yet. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't finding myself jealous of anybody or anything really. What were the kind of personal, perhaps like relationship issues that you had um, while you were on the move? Uh, it's very hard to date me because I was always on the move. I think that's the biggest obstacle. I didn't really have time for much. I had things which I always wanted to do and I didn't let anything interfere with that, which was futsal. Okay. I used to play several times a week. I still play. And right. I try to sleep when I get the opportunity. Um, right, right, right. So it was very hard. I think it's very hard to date me at that point in time because I was always on the move. Uh, I can't sit still. But did you want that? Was that a desire of yours? Like, dang, I need to date someone. I, I, I have that urge to, want, to have a girlfriend right now. Or was it just not really? No, it wasn't a big thing for me. Like, I didn't feel like I had to be in a relationship. I was well aware that it can be very hard to date me. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I'm married now, so it's a completely different story. And thankfully, my wife, she's not in my line of work in the slightest. She has no interest in it. So she's But she understands. She has schedule and all that, huh? Yeah, but it's good because she has a proper nine to five. She's still working with the government. So right. she's actually working today. Mm -hmm. uh, she's a dentist. So she's part of the frontline team to help with the COVID-19 thing, etc. And any essential dental patients wow. who have to go and get treatment. So she understands it. And it's nice because if we are both in a very haphazard sort of timetable and schedule, it might be more difficult. But because we know what time she's going to be home and what time she works, it's very set, it's a very routine, uh, which is the opposite of me. Right, uh, right. <laughs> which helps, I think. What can you tell the current 20-year-olds out there if they are currently struggling, not knowing what they want to do? Especially, I think a lot of people are struggling in their current job and they feel like, shit, I don't want to wake up feeling like this every day. This is not what I want to do for a living. You might not have faced that per se, but you know, it's in that neighborhood. So if there's any tips that you can give them? Um, I think that for one, you have to remember if you're listening to your parents, depending how old you are and how old your parents are, the previous generations before this, when you take a job, it'll be a job for life. So how yeah. often do you hear like your father worked at X company 
a manufacturing company for 30 years or your mother worked uh, at a law firm for 30, 40 years, it's a completely different dynamic nowadays. So, yeah, of course, this is your parents, but just remember what they went through is very different to what's happening right now. Don't be afraid to venture out. Don't be afraid to continue learning. I think yeah. as long as you increase your skill set, then you're going to be more viable as a commodity wherever you go. There's mm -hmm. lots of courses, some or I'm not sure how many, but some of them are free, etc. So why not embrace it? Just, just find out things which are changing in the world. When yeah. I started, there was no Netflix. There was no Apple TV. There was no like digital streaming, yeah. none of that. But obviously now it's a way of life. And if you look yeah. at Hollywood, and given what COVID-19 is happening around the world right now and the impact it's had on Hollywood, it'll be interesting to see whether traditional cinemas can operate in the same way. Because now, mm -hmm. you know, Hollywood's having to operate by launching films on, on streaming platforms. Correct. Even earlier Correct. than before. So I think it's a good test. And who knows, this could be a change for the next five, ten years. Maybe it is uh, an Absolutely. avenue which might be pursued further. We don't know. But the, my point is, that changes are always happening within various industries. And yeah. Every time you think that your job is safe, that it can't be altered, that it can't be disrupted, it might be. So always keep yourself alert. Always keep yourself open to new ideas. Don't be stuck in your ways. Don't be stuck in, in what you think is the right way because there are sometimes many ways to get from point A to point B. Like I know for a fact that what we do in the Premier League we go pitch side. We had a meeting. I still remember this. We had a meeting and we said, okay, so what can we do different next season? I said, instead of doing studio, let's go to the side of the pitch. Oh, that might be expensive. Thing is, it wasn't expensive. And in fact, sometimes it's cheaper than anywhere else. Mm -hmm. And it's worked out. And now we, we, we get headlines in the Daily Mail, on the Sun, in the UK. I just had one this week from an interview we conducted by a wow. Zoom. So it's like, if we hadn't taken the risk to try it, then we wouldn't be where we are right now. And I That's know right. that other companies are looking at us mm -hmm. and saying, wow, how are they able to do this? And how come they're not spending much money to do it either? So people are looking at us because yeah. the ringgit obviously isn't as strong as the USD or the pound or the euro. Mm -hmm. So we have to work within our own limitations. And I think we've done a great job, but we've only done that by experimenting with teamwork and be willing to try new things to, to really disrupt how football presentation has done so yep. i think we've achieved that yeah and it's it's nice to be acknowledged by competitors from overseas of course so yeah. my, my biggest takeaway is don't be afraid to try new things uh always keep yourself alert to new things that are happening around you yep uh <laughs> imagine if you invested in instagram in facebook it's someone good to follow for stuff like this is gary v you know yep yep who he is mm -hmm. yeah gary v like he's always preaching this message always increase your skill set always Try to keep yourself abreast of what's happening. Have a good general knowledge database within your mind. Just keep yeah. learning. That's like right. One reason, I always watch a lot of TV, a lot of movies and video games because I interview a lot of people in their 20s, which are footballers. And I find that if I watch, say, Game of Thrones or Narcos or Money Heist, like Casa de mm -hmm. Babel, I can go there and talk to them about it. And that creates content. So always Correct. keep yourself learning more, etc. The cultural zeitgeist. So many things I could go on and on and on. But I guess the key thing is keep learning. Keep an eye open for what is happening out there in the world and how you can be involved in that, really. Thank you for joining me here, Adam. It was so nice to talk to you again. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I will catch up with you soon.